You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. I'm delighted to welcome back Darren Tay from Capital Economics to get his views and insights on Japan. Good morning, Darren. Morning. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. Thank you uh, for your time today, because we uh, want to get lots of ha- stuff happening in the market, including Japan. Now, Japan's inflation is expected to decrease to around 1.5% next year when discounting the influence of one-off factors, according to a government spokesperson. How do you see Japan's inflation, uh, Darren, evolving over the next 12 months? Uh, I would say the government projection is actually very much in line with ours. Yeah. Uh, we also see inflation falling below the 2% target to around 1.5% by uh, mid-year next year. In particular, uh, underlying inflation or inflation excluding fresh food and energy will probably fall back uh, nearly towards 1% by then. And that's because uh, you have a combination of a uh, you know falling import prices. Import prices fell uh, the most um, since the, the pandemic uh, in June. And we also have falling fertilizer prices. And on top of that, um, the fact that we expect the yen to be uh, quite a bit stronger than it currently is uh, by the time next June or next July rolls around. Uh, all these are very strong factors arguing for lower inflation in 12 months' time. I wouldn't have guessed fertilizer price would have a big impact, but that, that, that does? Yes, it does, actually. Um, people tend to assume that uh, import prices have a large impact on food inflation in Japan, and they're not entirely wrong. Uh, but actually, it's, uh, the correlation of food price inflation with import prices is not quite as strong as in other categories, especially in energy. And the key reason is because uh, fertilizer is a key input for local producers of food. And actually, quite a lot of fertilizers actually produce uh, domestically in Japan. So that's actually an important factor to consider. Okay. Now, there are signs that the largest pay hikes in 29 years agreed upon in this year's spring wage negotiations are resulting in a faster wage growth across the entire economy. How do you see wages in Japan going forward? And when do you think they'll get to a point where there is real wage growth? Yeah, it's a a very tricky question uh, that's vexed um, greater minds than mine. Well, it's really hard to say. What we have is uh, May data, which show very strong uh, growth in regular wages, 1.8% year on year. That's easily the strongest in 30 years. Uh, The the, the problem is that wage data is actually very volatile uh, in Japan, so it's hard to make judgment based on just one month data, especially when uh, wage growth had been rather weak since the year began until uh, we got to May data. Um, But I would say that... um, our base case is still for wage growth to slow uh, over the next few months, over the next few quarters, because we're ex- still expecting a, uh, a recession in Japan in the second half, uh, okay. because other large advanced economies are going to be in recession due to monetary tightening undertaken uh, in those uh, places, and um, the drag on external demand is going to weigh on uh, Japanese exports. Okay. How long has it been now since wage growth has been real for Japan in terms of above inflation. How long have they suffered from kind of real wage decline? I think it's been more than a year now, if I remember okay. right. Uh, mm. even, even the very strong run of wage growth that we saw towards the end of the year last year uh, wasn't enough to uh, offset uh, inflation sufficiently for real wages to grow. And in fact, if you look at um, the real disposable income data that came out uh, last week, 
um, redisposable income fell the most in annual terms, 4.5% year-on-year in Q1. Um, so it's, it's really not a pretty picture for uh, Japanese households at the moment, and we're fully expecting our consumption to private, real private consumption to contract in the yeah. second half. That was my next question, but you answered it already. Um, is Japan on track to grow? Well, you mentioned earlier about you're expecting a recession in the second half, but is Japan mm-hmm. on track to grow overall um, for 2023 uh, by the forecast of 1.3% uh, for GDP? Uh, I think that forecast was from the OECD, but um, I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure. Well, if you consider just the Q1 data, they're actually on track to beat that forecast. Okay. But of course, the, the, tricky, the tricky thing is the 0%, 0.7% Q on Q growth in uh, Q1 is unlikely to be uh, sustained throughout the entire year, um, simply because it, it's well in excess of uh, potential growth in Japan. And, 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 and proving that point, uh, output gap in Japan has actually narrowed quite a bit since uh, the Q1 figure came, came out. And the, the, the extent to which an economy can support above-trend growth is how much actually is it currently performing under potential. And Japan is fast uh, closing that gap. So we don't think uh, Q1's uh, pace is going to be sustained. And in fact, the, the more regular uh, monthly data releases point to a slowdown in Q2. So I think um, Japan would be you know, would find it challenging to break uh, 1% growth this year, uh, let alone reach something like 1.3%. Okay, let's see how that evolves. Japan's new export restrictions on semiconductor manufacturing equipment enforced today will detrimentally impact both China's integrated circuits industry and Japanese companies in the sector, according to a professor at Shanghai University. Do you agree that it will hurt Japan just as much as China, maybe? Mm, Well, it's hard to make a judgment as to the, the, the relative uh, severity of those restrictions on either side. Uh, there are still lots of uncertainties. Uh, the, the Japan's restrictions would have come into place, I think, uh, just a few days ago. The, the, the key thing to note that is not actually an outright export ban. Uh, what they've actually put in place is uh, a requirement to seek approval from the uh, Ministry of Economy, Trade and Industry uh, before you can actually export these goods to a uh, to countries that are not on a pre-approved list, basically, and China is one of them. So we don't know how stringently uh, the ministry will apply those export curves. That's one. And I would say that there are incentives not to be too um, too hard on uh, those uh, go too hard on those export uh, curves because China could retaliate. So that's that's one thing. And and the other thing is that. Um, uh, we don't know essentially uh, what the Chinese response could be, and um, that that would complicate things quite a bit. But on the face of it, I would say yes. There's there's potential for for both sides to suffer quite a bit. Uh, on the Japanese side, about a third of their semiconductor manufacturing equipment exports actually go to China. So in the short term, uh, I think uh, Japanese companies will find themselves um, in a very hard position to try and uh, look for alternative uh, customers. So, mm, what's the kind of opinion on the street of the Japanese people in terms of, do you think they're supportive of this kind of um, action? Um, or what are their views? I don't actually have a very good answer to that, I'm sorry. I don't know. I mean, there might have been polls about this. What I can say is that, um, you know, 
as as is the case with most of the rest of the world, um, the the opinion of China held by the men in the streets in many countries uh, has actually been deteriorating. So I don't imagine there's going to be a lot of um, opposition. In fact, quite some support among Japanese people to be. Uh, thank, thank you. I'm going to have to stop you there, Darren Tay, Japan economist at Capital mm -hmm. Economics.